Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Market View. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia Pacific stocks are mixed this morning as investors set aside overnight gains on Wall Street. Seoul is in the red. Tokyo is hovering around the flat line and Sydney is up one third of a percent as investors there await an interest rate decision by the Reserve Bank of Australia. Due out 12.30 p.m. local time. Markets in Hong Kong and China are closed today for the Qingming Festival. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. House Tuesday looking Ryan Huang. Looking good, Michelle. How's yours? Looking and feeling good. Okay, I'm feeling kind of short compared next to you, thanks to this chair. But we'll Let me walk. bring myself down to your level. <laughs> there you go. Alright, there you go. Much better see eye to eye than hip to eye. Alright, we begin this morning with the story that everyone is talking about. It has set Wall Street and social media abuzz. Elon Musk, the world's richest person, a man whose tweets can move markets, has purchased a 9% stake in Twitter which now makes him the platform's biggest shareholder. So Twitter's share price surge on the news. It closed up 27% at more than 50 US dollars a share. So does it seem fair? The moment the markets learn Elon Musk has bought Twitter, they bid up the stock, which means Elon gets an immediate profit of some 27%, at least on paper. But if we put that aside, what do you think Musk's purchase of Twitter really means for its business and particularly for Twitter's new CEO, Parag Argawal? who took over from Jack Dorsey back in November. Yeah, talk about an influencer, right? Anything he does moves markets, including buying a huge stake in Twitter. So we are looking at splashing $3 billion for that 9.2% stake. It's made him the biggest shareholder, even bigger than Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, who owns 2.2%. So it really sets up the possibility of Elon Musk doing even more in time to come. So perhaps building on that stake to make it even bigger, to maybe even buy out the company, or he could also try to exert his influence by putting more board members that he controls or has influence over to navigate where the company should go to. For example, the type of policies it needs. So for the new CEO, it could create a lot of new headaches. Indeed, Musk has already polled his 80 million Twitter followers, for example, to ask whether they think that Twitter adheres to policies of freedom of speech. 70% said no. So what impact is he going to have on the direction that the company takes in future? And could that be a headache for the CEO moving forward? ARK Investments' Kathy Wood thinks that Musk could be setting the stage for a management shakeup at Twitter. She says Musk is sending Argawal, quote, a strong signal. Kathy Wood's flagship fund by the way, owns a stake of nearly 10% in Tesla. She says she has not spoken to Musk about his purchase of Twitter shares. Musk's purchase of Twitter is set against a backdrop of his, of course, frequent use of the platform and sometimes in ways that has run afoul of US regulators. Ryan, some observers think that this new $3 billion US dollar stake in Twitter could be bad news for free speech. Musk has been arguing that the opposite is true. Just think of my earlier example. Fill us in on the debate. Yeah, this is a very interesting dynamic playing out because like you point out, Elon Musk has been quite an advocate of what he calls free speech. You might remember him getting into trouble for some of those uh, points he's raised on Twitter, like the price of his shares of Tesla and also how he was apparently offered a buyout by some investors. That got him to hot soup with the SEC. And here is where he is going to be closely watched to see if 
he might try to push his version of free speech into the Twitter sphere because you will also maybe remember some of his tweets that have been quite controversial. He's compared the Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to Hitler. He's tweeted against um, transgender people. He's also called that British cave explorer in Thailand as a pedo guy. So he's called a lot of people a lot of names mm. and all in the name of free speech. So it is really a question of who you ask, what's free speech? And if you ask you know, Elon Musk, it will be quite extreme. And it does raise questions where uh, this lies for Twitter's future. Will investors and shareholders like this version of Twitter? So it is going to be something to look out for in terms of what he does, in terms of um, the board of directors. Will he put people he favors and has influence over policy. Um, so people are wondering what he's going to do next because he is a very busy guy. He might not have enough time to micromanage everything. So he is more likely to do that versus trying to exert his own influence and take over Twitter, so to speak. So he is possibly going to sit on this until he needs to pull the trigger. Okay, one more question for you about this. Ryan, if you were to tweet about Musk's purchase in eight words, what would you tweet? Yeah, I think it's just making a point that he can splash the cash when he needs to. And I think it's a bit of you know, a symbolic move where he is saying, hey, I can do this and own a social media platform. So get off my back and you know, don't try to cramp my style because I can mm. just get my own platform. I'll buy you out. I think I tweet that. That could be something, yeah. <laughs> oh, bird in the hand. Forwards. Twitter's 27% rise overnight is the stock's best performance since it went public back in 2013, which means if you had invested $1,000 in Twitter five years ago, it would be worth more than $3,300 now. However, if you had purchased Twitter back in 2013 at the time of Twitter's IPO, it would only be worth 1900 So sometimes it pays to wait and not get caught up in that initial excitement and that transitions me neatly to markets being abuzz in this part of the world over an impending IPO, that of GoTo. That's the Indonesian company that was created by merger last year between Gojek and Tokopedia. So GoTo is expected to raise more than 1 billion US dollars when it goes public on Monday. Next Monday, it's going to be the biggest IPO since Russia's invasion of Ukraine and really could also stand to be the largest listing that we see in Asia here this year. So GoTo, Ryan, is also making news because it's given Gojek drivers a stake in the listing. Tell us more. Yeah, this is great news for drivers. They get a slice of the pie, so to speak. So this will involve drivers if they've registered before 2016 uh, and after 2010, they will get 4,000 go-to shares. That's around 128 Sing dollars. For those who registered after 2017, they will get one quarter of that. That's around 40 plus dollars. So good news for all the drivers involved. They will get a slice of the action. On the numbers alone, many analysts think GoTo looks expensive. And when you look at one of its main competitors, Grab, it's at a hard tough time, you'd say. As a publicly listed company, Grab shares down a massive 76% since November. So why is it the analysts think that GoTo is going to do better? I mean, aside from the size of this listing, what is behind the buzz for GoTo? Yeah, it looks like a lot of speed bumps when it comes to Grab's journey in the capital market so far. And if you look at GoTo, there is a different argument. It's a bit similar, but at the same time, different. So, of course, the similarities will be around Gojek and the Grab right 
healing service. But if you look at where Gojek is operating, it's in Indonesia, and that is a huge growth story. So it's got that part going for it as well. And in terms of business model, it is a slight subtle difference where its um, drivers are able to do all the services in the same car, so delivering food, logistics, and everything else that they can deliver can be done by the same driver versus in markets where Grab is operating is pretty much your driver or your delivery guy is very siloed in that sense due to partly regulations. Uh, so that is the, I guess, advantage that GoTo will have. And if it is able to tap on that advantage, it can create that lock-in effect that it's trying to get with its super app business strategy where it can just control all the slices of the pie and have a finger in everything and then try to get those customers into other stuff that's more profitable, like financial services that it's offering and uses uh, wallet, it's digital wallet. And this is something they are seeing some momentum in. And that is a playbook being used by the likes of Alibaba's um, Taobao in China. Uh, they've had a huge success building off right-hailing firms like what we have in China. And if you look at everything coming together, it is quite promising for GoTo. So uh, we'll see how... GoTo does on its market debut next Monday. Tech stocks led the U.S. markets higher overnight on the back of Twitter's gain. Other social media platforms like Meta finish higher as well. Overall, the Nasdaq jumped nearly 2%. One social media play that didn't join the ride, though, is a SPAC blank check company. It's called Digital World Acquisition, and it's planning to buy Donald Trump's new social media business. So what exactly is the story here? Yeah, the story is not a good one because it's down. Uh, there's around news reports that two key staff members have left and it is just adding more pressure to that spec and we are looking at digital world acquisition corporation dropping more than 10% just adding even more losses to uh, sliding stock and this is something worth noting it is not unusual for people to leave companies but it does get a lot of attention because it's linked to Donald Trump and mm. it has already added investor jitters over the fact that it had to say it could not file its audits or accounts in time and it had to ask for an extension. But And again, it's not the first company to do so. Many companies also request for filing extensions. But because it's linked to Donald Trump's Truth Social app, it gets a bit more scrutiny. And so far, his app has not been doing well. You've got things like outages, long waiting lists. In fact, there's nearly 1.5 million people on the wait list trying to use the product. There's just so many people trying to use it, but they can't get their act together. Uh, if you look at the star attraction, Donald Trump, it's supposed to be his app, but he's only posted once so far. So that is not really where you might imagine a successful social media app to be right now. Might have been cheaper if you bought Twitter. It might have been or not. <laughs> the debut of Trump's true social app in February was marred by outages and long wait lists. And as of yesterday, there were still one and a half million potential subscribers waiting for access. The leadership turmoil at Digital World and Truth Social's launch problems won't seem to bode well for the company's success. But then again, can we really count Trump out? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it's in a way quite... I guess in life, his track record, right, where he sets things up with a lot of promise mm. and then things fizzle out sometime down the road. And in this sense, this is playing out for digital world. Uh, he has talked about getting investors to put into the tune of $1 billion. 
Guess what? That has not happened yet. It's still waiting for the ink to, I guess, uh, arrive to the contract. It's not signed off yet. Regulators have also not given a green light. So that is just putting a lot of question marks if this will actually happen and take off like what he imagined it to be. But maybe it will down the road as we get closer to the midterm elections and the um, possibly him running for candidacy down the road. So I won't rule Donald Trump out. Remember what happened the last time everyone did so. Yeah, good point. Good point. A couple of corporate headlines I want to discuss with you. Game show style, it's called Up or Down. I name an asset or item in the news and we talk about which way we think it's moving up or down. Are you ready, Ryan? Let's go. Let's start with Nike. Nike. All right. Famous for that tick is a down for me because that was not visible when Tiger Woods appeared at the Augusta National Golf Club in Georgia. Instead, he was wearing something else. Uh, Foot Joy Premier Series golf shoes. Uh-oh. So Tiger Woods is so synonymous with the Nike brand to see him without it is a big question mark. Indeed. You call it a tick, huh? I call it a swoosh. Oh yes, a swoosh. swoosh. I'll take, yes. uh, and yeah, you're right. Woods has been affiliated with Nike since he went pro back in 1996 to see, so, to see him wearing Foot Joy golf shoes. Mm, I wonder if it signals a break between the two. If so, that's probably not good news for Nike. So down in my books as well. Let's look at Great Britain and the metaverse. Okay, this is going to be an up for me and because we have the UK trying to lead the way with the cryptocurrency space by issuing its own NFT by the summer. This is around the third quarter of this year. So it's trying to take the lead or set a tone and this is also alongside any many many other steps it's trying to do like bringing more scrutiny and rules around the place. So it does give more structure and credibility to the entire crypto story. So Great Britain wants to mint an NFT. What do you think this could look like? An image of the Queen or her I'll go dogs? To Boris Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I should... Get some um, interested parties involved. All right, let's look at Starbucks next. All right, Starbucks is a down for me, but I'm quite mixed on this one. So Mm. it's suspended its share buyback program. Mm -hmm. So when buybacks happen or are announced, they help to support the share price. But in this case, they have suspended the earlier announced share buyback program because how it shows the founder has returned to the company and says the money can be better spent elsewhere like on the business itself or on employees. So, Something that's putting a bit of pressure on share prices right now. It's an interesting one. Howard Schultz is back in the driver's seat again at Starbucks, at least until a new CEO can be found. And in one of his first moves, he suspends the company's share buyback program. Now, some investors might not like this move, but Schultz says the coffee giant can better deploy its resources elsewhere. I think this is an up for Starbucks. Maybe long term. Mm. Let's look at ExxonMobil. All right, that's going to be up for me and that is with the headlines it's flagging its highest quarterly profit since the boom years of 2008 so not, not a surprise when you look at the oil prices these days yeah indeed up for me as well Semcorp Marine it was a hot stock on the market yesterday okay. up 6% in heavy trade that's going to be along the lines of what's happening with ExxonMobil so you have oil prices going up and Semcorp Marine also higher and also on top of that you have news around that merger that has been the talk for years. Um, some inkling of where it might go towards by the end of this month. That is an update from both sides, Capital Corporation and Sequat Marine, saying they need more time and deliberation and they could 
be giving an update by the end of this month on where it will go. Mm-mm. Investors apparently not deterred by the delay in that proposed merger with Keppel O&M. Let's check in on Asian markets now. We're 21 minutes into the local trading day. Most Asia-Pacific markets gained ground yesterday. Unfortunately, the Straits Times Index was not amongst them. The SDI finished marginally lower yesterday at 34.16. How's the SDI performing this morning? Yeah, so we've got the STI doing a bit of a recovery right now, up 0.4% at 3,430. So let's take a look at where we are for the various constituents. Only two counters in the red, and they are Maple Tree Industrial Trust down 0.4%, and UOB just slightly underwater by 0.3%. So looking at the top of the table, we've got Hong Kong Land leading the way up by 2.2%. Followed by Jardine Saka and Carriage, Yang Zhejiang Shipbuilding, City Dev, Maple Tree Commercial Trust. And looking at some of those top movers yesterday, we had the likes of um, Dairy Farm. It was the top performer and it is extending those gains. It's now up by 0.7%, building on yesterday's gains of 2%. And we were talking about Sankot Marine. Uh, right now, it is um, flat at 10 cents. Thanks very much, Ryan Huang there. Coming up, I'm going to take a look at money management skills that you can pass on parents to your kids. That's happening at 10.05 in Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.